0: This is RJ, Ash, Ray, Brandon, Brandon, Harrison, and Bronson. We host a Dungeons & Dragons podcast called Realms & Nerds. Some highlights of our show include wreaking havoc in every town we visit, blowing up hot tubs,
1: killing off fan-favorite characters, high necromancers,
2: inappropriate wedding etiquette, and every now and then, actually good storytelling.
0: Join us in the realms of Prydea for fun fantasy adventures. You can find us on Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or just about wherever you get podcasts.
3: Welcome, everybody, uh, to another episode of Talking with Strangers. Um, This is episode eight. Um, It seems like we haven't done... This is our first uh, post-quarantine one, I believe. I think episode seven was in February um, when Jonathan first started. Um, So, yeah, yeah, this has been a long time coming. It's a lot to catch up on here. A lot of twists and turns since then. So I'm joined by our intrepid heroes, the wild stallions, um, and guys, um, feel free to go around. Just um, what what in the last like uh, five months of playing this game, um, have you have you enjoyed? Let's just go there because I have some specific questions later on for other things. But any moments that stick out to you, um, remember everyone will be up to date by the time this airs, so don't worry about spoilers. Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, I'm just gonna say. Like on a basic overview, the ability to play more often, you know, uh, with this, I think with this whole quarantine, getting kind of the itch a lot more, a lot sooner than when we were able to meet together. But uh, the the ability to play like every week or every two weeks is what we're we're trying to do is has been nice, I would say.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that's a lot of fun being able to uh, be a little bit more consistent because prior to containment, uh, we were we we're kind of doing like once a month, twice a month at the most. So yeah, it's fun to get together and it's a good excuse to just hang out and you know shoot the shoot the hay. I don't I don't want to curse. <laughs>
2: just say it. it. <laughs> we curse on the regular thing. Just say what you want to say.
0: Well, I don't know who listens to hay. this, so
5: yeah. I don't even know what breeze that is.
2: <laughs> it shoot the breeze if you were going to the do. There we go. <laughs> oh my God.
0: Uh, uh, also, <laughs> also uh, playing a new character has been a lot of fun. Uh, being able to explore, kind of going off the top of the dome with, no, although no one's really asked any questions about Bort, like where he's from or who he really is. He could be evil. And you guys are just kind of going along with it. But, yeah, I think that that was a lot of fun of a character that I introduced during Anthony's first Halloween one-shot. And then I wanted to explore it a little bit more. So that, that's that been my favorite part so far.
5: I think for me, um, and maybe it's a bit of an overview as well, but I feel like we've continued to improve with role-playing, even when we're not in person obviously to a degree it's easier to do it in person because you can actually see the person that you're role playing with but i feel like we've gotten even better at it over you know the last couple of months of having to do this over the internet um so i think things are better than ever in terms of the story and just the flow of the of the podcast
2: yeah i think we've gotten really good at not talking over each other we've uh We we've learned. I, I think at this point we're pretty comfortable with every everybody's cadence and when they're when they're done talking and things. So, I feel like even though I enjoy getting together with everybody to play, this has been a lot uh, a lot of fun because we get to do it more often. Yeah, um, I think.
1: My favorite thing about right now is that we have finally gotten to hell. And so we finally get a, get into my character's backstory. That's a very specific thing, but, um, that's, I'm very excited to actually get to talk about my character's backstory again. Um, additionally, I just wanted to mention that, um, I was in, I think this is my first time having a good experience on roll 20 um in the past either there have been problems with people talking over each other um like tom mentioned i feel like we don't really run into that too much or um the people just get distracted and they're not focused and stuff like that um so i'm glad it's been working out for us so far
0: yeah
4: i think part of that has to do with just the fact that we've we're not only doing this in person, like, so we've been able to have that in-person kind of dynamic, and it does, it not all that carries over, but I think people that have never met each other talking over each other on Skype or on, over Roll20 is inevitable, I guess, if especially if they haven't uh, spent a good amount of time um, playing together uh, in person, but uh, in terms of the actual game, what I've enjoyed, I, I enjoy that we're Getting into what I see, what seems like a a no turning back sort of situation for our characters. It's it feels like s- someone's not making out of this uh, out of this alive. Like I feel like <laughs> I feel like this is the first time. I mean, like, I guess there was a little bit of that with Annie, but we were able to dispatch of her pretty quickly. So in hindsight, it didn't feel <laughs> that way. But um, it was the first time that it feels like this is this is their. Infinity War, you
0: know. Yeah.
4: <laughs> this, is, this is when, like, the stakes are so much so that it that's it feels like someone's not going to make it to the uh, the other realm uh,
5: in one piece. Totally agree. Yeah. I think that's an
0: apt uh, comparison, the Infinity War. <laughs> uh, I, but I I I like that in stories where because we are supposed to be heroes and. Not every heroic journey is a, you know, happy ending. It would be nice. I'm not saying that I want people to die, but I think from a storytelling standpoint, it would be cool to have someone make the ultimate sacrifice or a few players, you know, not make it out alive. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what the DM has in store for us.
3: Yep. Yeah. So. One of the great things over these last few months, and I think I've complimented you guys after each session, um, just because it's, it's pretty amazing from my seat, um, to see the evolution in that uh, they always say from the DM's chair that you're not so much telling your players a story, you're telling a story with them. And I feel like over at least these last at least six months or more, um, I've seen my notes going shorter and shorter, you know, pre-game where I just have bullet points and just, like, hey, setting them up in this situation, let's see what happens, you know, sort of thing, and not needing to guide or, you know, point you in a direction. Um, I think case in point, um, was this, uh, l- last session, um, where, you know, uh, Tatuvius finally does probably the most evil thing he's done, um... You know, throughout this whole campaign You know, by hanging three people In Town Square Essentially, and one of them being an Archduke Of Hell um, And just seeing how you guys react Do you chase after him and want to kill them? Um, do you You know, retreat and go, hey, we need to Regroup Do you, you know, what are there options? And, you know, Anthony took an option that I had Low on the list in terms of just going and talking To him um, And just seeing where that went um, as they saw in the roll 20, um, I had a whole map set up for a huge battle, uh, <laughs> within that cave with, with Tatuvius, if you guys rushed in. Um, but the sheer fact that my notes went from six to seven pages per session to like two page and a half, you know, because I'm not writing out full paragraphs anymore, uh, to make sure at least for me and you to kind of keep everything on track, um, or at least not forget something. I think that's been the greatest improvement you guys have done, especially if we're talking between the last two talking to strangers, is that you have started to uh, figure out that the you can just tell me what to do and then we have to do it, and I'm the one that has to figure it out. Um, you know, this isn't about worrying about what I have written or anything like that. And I think that's really improved uh, the role-playing and the, the story itself as we went through Isil Cross and into the Hells. Um, I felt like you guys got, it started to click with that point, um, which for first time players, I would imagine, you know, is, is the turning point. And then I'm so excited for our next game or even the one shots where we can take this improvement and sort of just, you know, do a more complicated or, you know, you know, a lot more, um, Uh, more branches in a story and stuff like that. So um, that's what I've been most proud of. But um, I I think it's time to move on to our questions. Um, And my first one is directed at Daniel. Um, What have you learned uh, about Bort that you didn't even think about before bringing him into this campaign?
0: Uh... Well, something I did off the fly was make him very insecure and just want to be well-liked. I didn't think he was going to clash with Anthony's character. And I I, I don't know if that was something that just happened naturally or Ant wanted to just like it just popped into his head or he had been thinking about it for a while. But I I like that whole dynamic where uh, the group lost someone who'd been there since the beginning, and now this new player comes in or this new character comes in, and it's like, well, you know, he's not he's not o Craig so I'm not going to I'm not going to buy into him right away just because he's with us. Um, I think that's the that's been. My favorite part so far is just seeing how far I could take it with the rest of the group before someone just snaps at me and tells me to shut up. <laughs> so I,
2: I kind of want to make this uh, comparison between uh, Metallica. I don't know if anybody listening knows Metallica, but they had a bassist who, who played with them for a long time and then died. And then they had a new one come in, and all they did was tease this dude... And razz on him until they thought he was worthy, and that was. <laughs> it lasted a, a whole album where you can't even hear this guy's instrument on the album. I think that's what Bort's going through right now. I think he's in that that razzing phase. Uh, where we don't. We you, don't know.
0: We, we don't I'm really. I'm sorry. I was okay. We don't
2: really know what to think of him yet.
0: Are you calling O'Craig Cliff Burton?
2: No, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs>
0: what? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I think at least with, pizza tacos, because he's a very, he can be very standoffish and, in, uh Bort, I I try to play Bort as a very, simple, uh, he's almost like Lenny from, of Mice and Men, where he just he he's just a big dummy, but he means well and he just wants to help people, and you could see where that clashes with someone like Pete Tacos who's he's definitely grown as a character and where he was always just about himself and now he's hes become more of a heroic type but he still has that part of him where you know I gotta look out for I gotta save my skin at times so it, those two ideals because like, with, with Bort being a barbarian it's just like oh well harm is just a part of you know danger is just a part of life that's what I do. I throw myself into danger headlong, so I don't. I try to play it where I don't. I think like, oh, whatever. You know, I I charge white dragons head on. You know, whatever. What what happens is what happens. But there's there's no strategy involved. Uh, Pizza tacos tries to go with a little bit more of a strategic outlook.
3: Yeah, and that leads me right into what my next question was going to be. I think one of the most dramatic things. Um, from a non-story standpoint, or something I came up with um, that occurred in uh, over the last couple episodes, was the whole um, Pizza Tacos episode of not being a leader um, and just being petty and you know, sh- you know, having that whole moment. Um, now, uh, for the whole group, but mostly we'll start off with uh, Anthony. Um, was did, did that idea? Uh, Had that been in your head for a while or was that a spur of the moment just because of what happened at the end of the previous episode that you decided to just go into that?
4: Uh, It was completely spur of the moment. I'm going to apologize, too, if everyone can hear the rain behind me,
3: but uh, we're
4: just going to go through that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, it just came out of a frustration even of myself because people's questions, the decision to let everybody pass. And it was like when we got to talking about it, no one had a better answer, but they were still questioning what he what, what he did. So it was like I even say it in the mid- in character in the middle of like I don't know what you want me to do, so just tell me what you want me to do. Do you want to fight them? And it was it was sort of sort of me talking out of character and in character at the same time of uh, of that. So I kind of just went with it because it it's definitely something in character because he's already in a position that he doesn't want to be in as the de facto mouthpiece and a hero as you know uh, called him which he doesn't really even see himself as such um so yeah it was i had no intention of doing it that way but then i got to (laughs) use the the magic mansion spell which made me very excited um yeah but to kind of go back and answer kind of the question before that about Bort and Pizza Taco's relationship. I think, I think it could have been easy of just kind of pick up where, oh, Craig and Pizza Taco's left off. Just because, you know, Dan and I, we, we, we play well off of each other when it comes to uh, ad-libbing and and improvising. So it would have just been easy to just kind of pick up where those characters left off and as if nobody, nothing ever changed. Sort of like, uh, you know, when... Uh, they switched out Aunt Viv, and no one ever called attention to it on Fresh Prince. Um, so I thought it was it would be interesting because you know he was also pizza was was also dealing with the potential death of his best friend in the group. So to come to so did someone just come in and act like that they were going to just pick up where he left off and pick up the slack? I thought it was an interesting kind of uh, destination to take it.
1: Yeah, it's fun when you get to do that, when you get to um, speak both in character and out of character at the same time, kind of.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that it feels like that's when you know that you have a good handle on your character. Sure. Yeah. so don't need to think about, wait, how do they feel about this?
4: hmm Yeah, definitely, especially with that whole moment where, you know, he spent a, a day in-game being petty. I was just <laughs> like, all right, well... Nobody, wa- nobody wants to make the decision, but they're going to question the decisions being made. So, all right, this is happening now. Everybody else is making decisions.
0: <laughs> well, it's it's cool. I I remember saying after the episode aired, or after we recorded, I was saying, man, like this is really the first time where the group has kind of clashed, or there's been tension within the group. It's always been, you know, everyone makes their jokes, and we go fight or we do the task at hand and it's like no, no questions asked. And that's not real life. A lot of the time where, you know, you, you have a group of people with different ideals. Someone at some point is going to uh, give some pushback and there's going to be a little bit of that tension in the group. And I thought uh, I liked how Kara, Jen's character was, she was, she was kind of, she was on board side for the most part. But she, I think she realized that it is difficult to lead, and you don't want to be that character to, or you don't want to be that person to make the wrong decision. Because I know she was leaning more towards fighting the uh, the giant hell demons. Or what, I forget exactly what they. They were giants, right? Efridi. Uh, okay, so I. I know she was leaning more towards doing that, but in in that case, you know, if it goes wrong, then it falls on her. So, it, it was just it was cool that she was backing Bort, and to me, I don't know if that was just wife backing up husband.
5: <laughs> Honestly, it was literally just me thinking, what would my character do in this situation, as a druid and as someone who goes between you know i don't i wouldn't say she's lawful good but she's probably in the middle somewhere um thinking about you know if they're headed south towards this potentially innocent village that's a bad thing is that on us or if we say and fight them and somebody dies that's on us too so i was just trying to stay as close to character like how yeah. i think she would have felt about the situation
0: yeah and it and it's funny because pizza tacos and zakara are the the, protector and the champion. And it's never easy with the two of them, right? They, they usually don't see eye to eye on a lot of things. So you have this weird dynamic where pizza tacos is the one who is supposed to be looking out for Zakara, And it's just like, they, it, it's, I'm trying to think of where in a movie that would be. I'm, I'm sure there's a ton of examples, but it's, it's just, it's interesting to me that they've they constantly bicker when they're supposed to be a like a dynamic duo, pretty much.
5: Yeah, I think that makes it more interesting, honestly, because sure, it's two people who didn't, you know, realize they were going to be stuck working together, kind of thing.
0: Right. I think the, their relationship
5: has improved drastically, though. Yeah. Overall.
0: Yeah, it's cool. Uh, again, that's real life. Just because right. you're forced to work together, doesn't mean you're going to like each other. <laughs>
3: yeah Yeah. and the thing you got to remember too is that these people have known each other maybe a half a year most of them um i think i think zakara and tiresias are probably the longest relationship in the group um and that's maybe a year maybe you know it's not like these people grew up together you know or brother and sister or anything like that so I like that through the 120 episodes plus that we're at, how the growth of that, it seems very natural. And to hear you guys speak on that um, confirms what I've seen from the other side. Um, Sort of um, nothing feels forced. Um, Even when uh, Pizza Tacos and Craig's budding relationship happened, it felt very natural that, you know, uh, at first, Pizza Tacos probably saw him as a guy he could mess with, and all that, and then they just grew into friends from there. Um, but you know, it, it's been it's been interesting, and that I think that moment um, where the the petty episode, um, you know, basically was confirmation to me that I think all of you have gotten your characters um, because nobody tried to do anything too meta. Um, to break it up, there wasn't a like, uh, Shh, guys, you know, like stop fighting sort of thing. I mean, closest is, I don't remember if Tyrese has said anything, but him being a lawful good would probably have been the closest one, you know, to do something like that. But, you know, it just, it just, I think natural is the right word. Um, even the uh, introduction of Fred, um, you know, as he has been there, you know, it's still, you know, it doesn't feel like, you know, anything forced or anything. And I think it really came to pass. in um, the last two episodes uh, where we got into the city of, of uh, you know, the iron city of this and all that, and had that whole discovery. And I think that brings us to my next question to Jonathan. Um, I think I'd mentioned this to you after the session, but I just get your thoughts for the audience out there. Um, what, what was your pro- your thought process um, with the way Fred reacted to the, you know, hanging of his parents? Not to sound crass in a sentence like that, but um, just what was the thought process on the decision you made?
1: Yeah, I feel like I should have elaborated on this more in the episode itself. Um, so I... We haven't talked too much about Fred's relationship to um, to his parents... However, what I was picturing is that um, he is in uh, Exandria, the mortal plane, because he doesn't want to continue in his parents' footsteps as, like, politicians in hell. Um, And so I'm... I feel like Fred has a very... A complex relationship to his like hope I guess hometown um that there's been a lot of stuff um or a lot of the things that have happened so far I think have made it clear that um Fred is still a part of that culture um and he still believes in a lot of the structures and stuff um of hell specifically him still being uh having a positive image of asmodeus aka big boss Um, (laughs) but he also does specifically does not live there and does not want to be he doesn't have any ambition and so he doesn't want to try to um, rise through the ranks himself um so that would make him unsuccessful through the lens of that culture, right? Um, the... It, again, Mark and I haven't talked too much about, like, how exactly hell works or the um, the social structure of hell. However, um, my... Uh, I, I think being evil is all about gaining power for yourself and devils are lawful evil so they do that through um organized structure and stuff like that and using laws to give themselves a um veneer of legitimacy over top of otherwise evil actions so um since fred doesn't isn't ambitious doesn't want power for himself doesn't want to engage in that um that makes him unsuccessful in the eyes of hell and um, this comes to another point that I haven't really figured out Uh, I don't know what Fred's alignment is right now Um, it hasn't come up but I'm unsure if he's evil or not Um, because like I just said this whole thing where um, he is like isn't trying to fight against the structure of hell and all that but he also doesn't want personal gain so that's a complex <laughs> I think, to try to figure out exactly um, what his alignment's going to be this was a long roundabout way <laughs> of that um, when um, so Fred has a probably strained relationship with his parents um, so when his parents were executed. His, I think, his main thought was um, that uh, that that seemed like it was a direct threat against him by Titulus, and so um, his main initial main initial re- main reaction and initial reaction was just to get out of Dis um, because it because of fear. That it is an unsafe place for him to be um i think he we haven't talked about how much other family fred has but um i think his first reaction is going to be to get out of here um to try to be safe instead of like trying to find his family and make sure they're safe but then also um wanting to uh i guess kill tativalis in order to end that threat. Um, So, the, yeah, if it seemed like um, Fred didn't have a strong reaction to his parents being uh, killed, that's not what I was trying to convey. What I was trying to convey is just Fred's Fred's fear. um, Yeah. And desire to escape, which has been his reaction to most of the, like, bad things that have happened so far in the campaign.
3: Yeah, I, I think that was, uh, my whole point with that was, um, I enjoyed that you didn't take the easy route, which would have been, let's just charge in and kill the guy. Um, because I knew a little bit about what you were talking about, your parents. And, you know, it, it goes back to what I said earlier, so you got it's the group, you know, understanding their characters enough to not just make, you know, quote unquote, the video game decision. You know, in the situation to try to make these people be three dimensional and be, you know, actual, you know, living, breathing characters and not stereotypes. And I think his reaction to just wanting to get the hell out of there is a very natural reaction, um, especially with the, you know, uh, the slight hellish blood that he has in his system where um, they always do look out for themselves and, try to, you know, keep themselves safe while gaining power and stuff like that. So the natural reaction to let me get to a safe place and then figure out how to take this guy out, um, uh, when thinking back on it, it, felt probably the more natural decision than the one I was anticipating everyone making. Um, and so it was really interesting, um, you know, uh, being in, 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 you know, and you guys have been built up to going to the hells um, for so long, and to just see that uh, your decision making in there and um, you know was was uh, uh, was well thought out, and you know it, it's a it's a testament more to you, um, you know, sort of uh, understanding the story, which I do appreciate. Um, the other thing I want to get into, or first. Uh, segment of, uh, behind the, uh, DM screen, I wanted to, uh, point out that, um, and have a conversation with, uh, Dan, um, that, uh, in the last couple episodes, um, or not last that one, I think it's the first episode when you guys are in hell. Um, did you realize that you almost walked everybody into two combat situations just entirely on your decisions.
0: Yeah, I was planning on it. I, th- I really thought that's what was going to happen, because in my mind I was heading towards the gate and being super loud about it. So I thought we were going to at least get it—not not into a fight, but like some sort of alter altercation. Yeah,
3: yeah, and and then the uh, bar being the other one. Um, yeah, the 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 situation there was—I'm assuming that's just a. Uh, wanting to have fun sort of um, scenario we had.
0: Yeah, I wasn't planning on starting a fight there. I just wanted to play off of what everyone in the group was saying to be cool. So I I kind of thought of like, oh, I'll be the Fonz where you're like, hey, you know, go in and just really try to like yuck it up with the locals. Um, And if... In the back of my mind, I did think, well, all right, you know, there's definitely a possibility that Mark would have one of the patrons at least try to get uh, into a scuffle with me and then someone would break it up or we, we would just have like a, a barroom brawl kind of thing. Yeah. So that's what I was in the, in the back of my mind hoping for. But just the, the whole point was to pretend to be cool or act cool.
3: Yeah, and the uh, uh, final question I have here, um, unless if anybody else wants to talk about the Hells, um, because I want to move into um, a couple back to ISIL Cross stuff. But um, in that, I think it was one session we spent in, you know, in Dis. Um, was there was any of your um, choices down there? Um, things you guys have been planning on or? Um, was it a lot more, I hate these questions sounding similar in this, but um, we have been driving towards this point. Um, did anything you do down there, um, anything you've been planning to do? Or is it just one of those uh, things where it came up during the session, you saw a little opening and went for it?
4: Um, so, yeah, it sort of a little bit of both. uh, with that question. um, So, when we saw Titibius, I kind of, in between, we saw him at the end of one session and the beginning of the other. So, I kind of had it, well, you know, he made eye, we specifically made eye contact with us and waved to us, so you know, he could have killed us right there, so I was assuming that he wasn't exactly looking to fight, at least not immediately. So that kind of gave me the idea to try and get him to get us into uh, the city of Dis. But then the second part of it was when we met him again, and I decided to, you know, just walk right in. Again, I was kind of playing on this fact that he's he, he's really a, a showboat of, of sorts. He's got a flair for the dramatic, and he's calculating more than he is just kind of... Uh, uh, well, it's time to die now, uh, sort of. So, it was always in the back of my mind possibility that me walking into the, uh, the lair that he had or the underground uh, Pizza Tacos was not making out of it. Um, and I had an idea that you know, uh, he was Pizza Tacos would try and work things into his favor. So I did have an idea that I did want to talk to him like mano a mano, man to man um, and appeal to his kind of dramatic side but that kind of came in between in between the break so we had two episodes uh last session uh so that kind of really came in with like within 10 minutes of time uh, after he killed (laughs) poor fred's parents um so it was a little bit of both really more than anything yeah
3: anybody else have anything before i want to spin-off of what anthony just said but i don't want to leave anyone out if they had anything else
5: um nothing major i think when I, when i knew we were going to be in the hells basically i was trying to make uh zakara as uncomfortable as possible where she would just want to like back into a corner in a dark corner and just not look at anybody not talk to anybody because being a druid and a religious druid she would really despise being down there. Like, it would just be so wrong to her. And I'm sure Tiresias probably feels pretty much the same way. So that was my idea being in the hells, just being super uncomfortable about it and not really wanting to, you know, stand out or, or make any of the demons or whatnot down there notice me necessarily.
2: Yeah, I've been trying to be as discreet as possible. <laughs> make sure, Make sure I'm not, you know drawing a, uh, a crowd by d- something I'm doing because I either I don't I, I don't like the situation or I don't feel comfortable just because obviously being a lawful good is in hell is not a not a great situation <laughs> so uh, I've just been trying to kind of stay in the background and just kind of throw in my two cents everywhere I, I would need to because I feel as though, Therese just really, really wouldn't be comfortable and running into things in, in the hells.
3: Okay. Um, so what I want to spin off is I want to get everybody else's opinion on um, the deal-making uh, at the end of the last episode between Pizza Tacos and Tatuvius, um, since this is really the only time with the audience Um, that you'll be able to meta this stuff, um, because hopefully only Zakara kind of knows a little bit about it. Um, what was going through your mind while that whole scene was playing out between Pizza Tacos and Tatubias?
4: Um, Um, before anybody answers,
3: I just want to say, um, super
4: happy that no one meted it. uh, because it would have just been so easy to insight check me, uh, after all that, um, But I'm glad that nobody did.
5: (laughs) Yeah, I definitely, as soon as, I mean, obviously, myself, knowing that, you know, Anthony was getting rid of the spell for a reason, I made a point to make sure, like, do not say anything that sounds meta, because, yeah, so, um, I thought either way, I thought the way that you handled it, Ant, was perfect. Um, Even if Pizza Tacos wound up throwing Zakara in there as part of the deal, that would have been great, too. I I wouldn't have cared, but I think the way that you went about it was really good. Um, So, yeah, what was going through my head was mainly, like, so Zakara got pushed out of her spell. Most likely she would think it was the Mirror Man because, you know, he's done some pretty, you know, crazy strong spells in the past.
0: And he knew you were there.
5: And he knew I was there, exactly. So I was just trying to play it as, like, all right, she probably would just have assumed that he kicked her out hopefully everything's okay what happened without being like are you sure nothing shady's going on so that's how i tried to play it as the Cara.
0: yeah i loved it i thought that was such a good moment because it's not on brand with how we uh how we solve problems usually we always go in guns blazing and kill them all let god sort them out kind of thing and this was something that was actually done with some, there like there was heart in it because there was a moment where Tetuvius uh, ups the ante and says, you bring me Zakara as well. And we'll call it even. And I just, I was like, he's going to do it. I could have sworn pizza tacos was going to like, okay, yeah, <laughs> sure. Because again, that whole, that whole dynamic where they don't always see eye to eye and, He'll do anything to get his lady back, but Pizza Tacos actually he you know he rebuffs the offer, he rejects it, and like, wow, that's a, that's like something that would happen in, in like in a movie, you know that's <laughs> that's really cool. Or I thought like the whole double switch was gonna happen when he like okay yeah I'll bring her to you and then you know down the line like he it's a, almost like an Ocean's Eleven type of thing. Uh where the old misdirect. But I, I thought that was such a good moment. It's probably my favorite moment in the entire season one arc. Season two. Well, no, this is still season one. So, right? This is still yeah. season one. Yeah. 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 Uh season, it, it's like The Walking Dead where they split the seasons up into two.
5: Gotcha. Yeah.
0: Well it's the same it's the same campaign. Okay. Right. Just, yeah. 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 Campaign one, I'll say. Campaign it's, one season one. It's two. disc two. Yeah, it's two, yes, two. the extended <laughs> ed- edition. It's side B. <laughs> so, yeah, so campaign it's, one. It's the Myers
5: cut. Okay.
0: <laughs> right. yeah, so far, it's been my favorite moment because it was, again, not something that we normally do. And it was a character uh, faced with an impossible, you know, overwhelming odds. You know, you're going up against a big bad like that on your own. And you got to think quick. I yeah, I just it's one of those things where you, you again you see it in the movies all the time and I just I love it.
5: Yeah.
0: And I'm also glad no one metagamed it.
3: Yeah, that was that was pretty well done. Um I was I was kinda glad on that. You know, I will do even if somebody did, you know, you still play along with it and roll the dice and all that. Even though I think it would have to be a pretty high insight role to beat a deception roll from Pizza Tacos to begin with. <laughs> Um, but, um, knowing our luck, it would have been a nat 20 from the insight and (laughs) it was impossible, but, um, yeah, so moving on, um, going back a little bit. Um, so you guys spent, uh, a good part of the last few months, um, going through the area known as Icelcross, um, which was released with the, um, the newest D expansion um you know explorers guide the wild mount which um uh was was very interesting when i was reading through it just to see the little fun things i could do um with you guys while still keeping it in this story um was there uh before i get into specifics with it and this will only be a few questions and then we'll go into your ask me questions part of the of the set of the podcast um was there any part of the land because you explored most of it? There's only a couple places you didn't get to um, yet, and uh, that that stood out to you. That was your favorite, or you know, just just things like that. Just a general overview.
0: Yeah, the uh, well, one thing that I'm upset that we didn't get to do was <laughs> the uh, getting the the hand axes, and there's no way we're going back for those. I've said it <laughs> off air numerous times. I, oh man, this was something I wish we had known prior, because then I definitely would have gone in and, and gotten them. But that's Yeah. Well. <laughs> I, the thing was, it was an idea that Mark and I had cooked up uh, later in the game. Uh, Mark will sometimes message me with ideas for my character, and we'll kind of bounce things off. I, I'm sure he does the same thing with you, with everyone else. He'll kind of just bounce off ideas. So this came in this idea of my master, um, well, chip, that was, uh, a late addition. So like, yeah, you know, like I'm thinking of, you can have this guy and, and then he sprung the axes, the hand axes on me out of nowhere. So if there was no way I could react fast enough, you know. I would have had no clue. But that's something I I hope we can kind of go back to. But again, we're we're kind of in the last legs of our journey here, and uh, so who knows where we'll go?
5: Yeah, I mean, we thought we were in the last legs of our journey a year ago, <laughs> from well, part we had, one.
0: We had decided as a you know a group to keep it going.
5: Right. Well, I mean, like, we took a sharp left on Mark. We He thought we were going one way, and then we mm. dove into, like, my town. So, you never know. I'm sure, I'm sure Mark has several paths laid out. Maybe we will wind up going back there. But I know that was killing you. Seeing you in person, being yeah. like, wait, no! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was funny for me to watch just, you know, sitting next to you during the session. It was pretty funny.
2: I mean, we still have stuff sitting in a town we visited a year ago, so (laughs) I don't know that we're ever going back.
5: Yeah. Do I have have dragon armor being made right now?
0: Yeah, I think we do. We We don't tend to circle back around to places we visited. Can we we get deliveries in hell? Is that possible? (laughs) We're very busy (laughs) explorers, though, so. Yeah, we are. It reminds me of, you know, you get games like Resident Evil where you have to constantly go back and forth between areas mm-hmm. that that's not our game. Once we're in area a and we progress to area B area A is no longer accessible to us. It's gone.
4: I mean, if you just think about it, if we're, if our characters have been together for six months, there's been a single week where they've had nothing to do.
5: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think like <laughs> give or take a week, right? Maybe Pretty a much. week or two. It,
4: was, it yeah. was one week. It was after we killed Annie. We yeah. like, had literally a week to do whatever we wanted. And that's, right. if we're saying this whole story has taken place over a six month period, that's, you know, 180 days and seven of them it was downtime. So, God,
5: we should mm. be exhausted. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, we're just constantly. Let's,
0: I, I remember bringing up, uh, as oh, Craig, I think. Not yeah, going to the bathroom. Yeah, like, we haven't gone to the bathroom in literally months.
5: And we're like, have you been holding it this whole time? <laughs> yeah, it's.
0: Again, that's going to the bathroom, And that's again, that's kind of I keep bringing up movies and real life, where you know that's something that really happens in real life. Obviously, people go, they relieve themselves, but in the movies, I, I, I think of Lord of the Rings, where uh, Sam and Frodo were on a 13 month journey, and you never once see them, you see them eat like maybe two three times in three movies and then you know and then never, none of them ever say oh I have to I have to go to the bushes real quick or something like that <laughs> it takes all the it takes all the mysticism away I guess but I, I wanted I want to try to be as realistic as possible <laughs> those movies are long enough <laughs> Seriously,
5: if the, he wants the extended extended version right
0: yeah well I, I mean in terms of and, and even with games like uh, critical role you never like you see them eat you know they wake up and they'll be in a bar or they'll be in the inn and like, you have your What's, breakfast what that's you because
2: that's because things can happen at breakfast yeah nobody cares about when you're going to the bathroom
0: <laughs> oh listen Tyrion killed his father in the bathroom in so, game of thrones so well that's
2: something that happened but yeah, other than go. that that's what when else did they show it
0: well, I'm just saying You know, you could be You know, you could be taking a number two And then oh, all of geez. a sudden Your evil half-brother or your evil twin Comes in and shanks you <laughs> I'm, I'm just giving Mark ammo here So, so Tiresias, You feel the overwhelming urge To relieve yourself
2: <laughs> We don't so, even know How most of these races Use the bathroom Let alone needing to go uh,
0: I have mentioned Bort's penis once <laughs> so. and also little oh, Craig's penis well that's because that's because Anthony just kept bringing up how small it was when we first started yeah, <sighs>
3: yeah so um, yeah before I, I move on to something I wanted to bring up did Tom, anybody else um, have anything they wanted to talk about in IsoCross that they found
5: exciting or anything? I liked the idea of the white dragons being on that island, but just in general, thought that was cool. Um, And I'm glad we got out of that alive because I was seriously thinking that you were out to kill us all at one point, Mark, when we ran into the dragons and then we found their island. I'm like, Jesus Christ, we're all gonna die. Yeah. So that was probably one of my favorite parts so far of this part of the season.
0: Well, that's what Anthony was saying, Yeah. We, we, We have to fight these regardless, so. Mark just kept pushing us that way. Mm-hmm. It, it seemed like, but it it was done. It was done well enough where we didn't have to fight them. Where yeah. it wasn't like we need to do this. It,
5: it was fun.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I I got real excited when
2: the dragons flew in and all of a sudden I heard this really awesome music playing. I don't know where it came
0: from. <laughs> <laughs> a credit to the musician. Yeah. The composer, I should say, yeah. right? Awesome. Credit to the composer. We have our own
5: music. It's great.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. For those of you out there who don't know, um, Tom here has written both the intro and battle music. Um, Well, I guess the outro is also a piece of the intro that I cut up. But um, yeah, so all the music that you hear um, in terms of like uh, intro and battle and all that, um, you know, comes from Tom. So we are thankful um, to break up the, uh, you know, monotony of having just the audio bed. You know that I put under uh, most of the episodes, or in some cases before I re-edit it, have an hour and a half of the bed music playing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, the point. The, the one thing I want to get to before um, I throw it out to you guys for questions for the final ten minutes or so is I think one of my favorite moments, and we didn't get to explore much of, is um um uh, uh, mutos. Um the that part of I across reading it in the book um, is very intriguing. And obviously I knew you guys want to explore it more because you were kind of just trying to get through it um, to get to your destination. But you know, I like the idea of me rolling a uh, D8 and then deciding what kind of environment you wake up in yeah. um, that day. Um, and that also includes, which was some of the most work I've had to do behind the scenes was there's different types of enemies. Um, For each each season, Uh, you know, different kinds of disasters and environmental conditions, Um, you know, depending on what that D8 rolls. So I have to have, you know, you know, starting the behind the DM screen thing. Uh, It's one of those things where I had to have all eight environments prepped because I didn't know which one you guys would walk into and what if you would get into a fight in them or not. Um, So, yeah, and you guys skirted around both those battles. Um, that you did um, walk into just because helpful of the, your your um, stealths are so high uh, to begin with. And also the walking on water um, spell, you know, allowed you to skirt where it might've been a little harder and for some of you. But yeah, that, that's an area that if, if we ever do a one shot down the line and I go back to this, that I would just like to set the one shot in Like, people trying to discover why that place is the way it is. Um, Because it's a kind of interesting... In the book, they kind of leave it up to your interpretation um, of how you want to do it. Or if you guys want to double back. But as we mentioned, earlier, you guys don't double back anywhere. Um, You only only ended up going to Kaimel twice because you were sent there to meet someone uh, the second time. Um, (laughs) uh, But, yeah. So, as we always do at the end of uh, Talking to Strangers here... um, I it's, it's a two-parter. We always start off with the if the players have any questions for me or things that I can um, explain that's not spoiler or things that are still not in progress, um, that they want to know uh, any answers to, or just in general questions for me, I leave it open to them. And then if they want to, I um, let them talk out their theories and things of what's going to happen going forward. Um, sort of in that. So I'll open it up if anybody has uh, wants to start on either one of those topics.
4: I have a question. Yeah. Um, so, Mark, as a DM, mm-hmm. what has been the most frustrating spell we've spammed that you've had to Ooh. Uh, plan ahead for? Because it's happened a couple of times. Uh, There's with two. O, with, with Oak Craig, it was Counterspell. It was becoming the bane of your existence I can imagine <laughs> and then with pizza tacos later it became mass suggestion so I'm curious of what, yeah. what's what been the bane well, of your existence
3: he, well counterspell will always be um, the only way to combat that is to have other mages you know other uh, you know sorcerers or wizards on the playing field as well to counter counterspell You know, sort of thing Um, That's really the only way to combat it Unless if um, The only time I can win that is if uh, The counter spell happens And you don't do it at a high enough level And then you roll bad You know, to kind of win that And then my spell still goes through Um, The mass suggestion thing There's really not A, uh, what's it called Um, There's only a few things that I can do To that and it would all be metagaming it uh, one would be have creatures that don't understand language um, because mm-hmm. then you, they, your suggestion wouldn't work because they couldn't understand what you were saying. Or the, the characters are immune to charm and all that stuff. Um, and also, this goes with the language thing, is if their intelligence scores are low enough. Um, I actually think if we reread the spell, I think you cannot suggest Bork because I think his intelligence score is too low. Um <laughs> for that i think it's three or lower
0: you <laughs> yes, can't use suggestion
3: three. on them uh so it's <laughs> it's kind of a funny thing that i realized when trying to figure out how to combat it i'm like oh that's it's board has a built-in block to suggestion um so yeah you wouldn't have been it didn't come up in the game but i don't think the harpies would have been able to uh charm you because of that um, board, so you know, um, there, but a counter always the bane to any DM's existence because you could f- do this great spell and be ready to do something terrible, and boom, gone. I mean, the greatest moment in any like televised or te- televised, you know, streamed or, or recorded uh professional Dungeons and Dragons thing was the end of the uh, spoilers for the end of season one of a uh, campaign one of Critical Role. But, you know, uh, Scanlan uh, uses a le- ninth level counter spell um, to counter the main bad guys, uh, level seven teleportation spell, um, which means it instantly is gone. Um, and therefore I think it was like one or two turns later, they killed the main bad guy to end the campaign. Um, but they, he could have disappeared and it would have been another, you know, however long episodes to find him again, you know, to kill him. But having that counter spell, you know, blew it away, even though there's a whole thing about the narrative, you know, where that specific spell occurring has a whole different connotation, but just in the mechanics of it, um, being able to drop a ninth level counter spell to keep the bad guy in place, um, You know, will always frustrate uh, uh, a DM. Um, And the one thing you guys haven't run into much, which you'll start running into, and this is for a bunch of you, I think Tom may be the only one that doesn't 100% realize this because he hasn't listened to uh, D&D podcasts too much. Is uh, a lot of these enemies you're going to be starting to fighting will have the legendary actions, legendary resistances. You know, coming up that should frustrate you guys. Um, But that's just what high level enemies have um going forward in in 5e um so you know it's sort of a at at high level it's sort of that back and forth that occurs um yeah so um yeah any any other questions any anybody have theories they want to share
5: i have a question and i don't know whether it's truly directed towards you mark or if it's also directed towards dan Oh boy! i know we had a little hint that oh craig Could possibly not be permanently gone. So, I don't know who I'm really directing this question at if it's up to Dan or, you know, if it's a story thing you guys have worked out. But I know you probably can't say, I just want to (laughs) know, as me, myself, if we're going to see O'Craig again or if he's, you know, just truly gone. That would be something like, yeah, the hand axes were something that hopefully we can get back to eventually. But I don't want to like totally forget about O'Craig. So, I hope that there's some kind of, you know, Something coming up with Okrag. Even if you guys can't answer. I just want to say that I hope we get some kind of closure on that. Whether it be yes he's really gone or maybe he's not. So, sorry that wasn't really a question. But (laughs) more like pressure to answer. Is he really gone, you're saying? Right, right. Is he really gone? Whether or not you could say.
3: Yeah. Uh, The the, the only thing I will say is that um, you guys are starting to learn spells um, that can tell you that nobody can truly be dead. Um, depending on if you have all the rec- uh, requisite body parts for them um, so you know, that's one of those things where, you know, it could happen it could not you know, it just depends on I would then, behind the scenes without you guys knowing, and with Dan you know, write what the story is of why it occurred you right. know, how he was saved and all that and then integrate it you know, we'd have to go through all that um, but yeah, that's essentially, as you guys get these higher level spells, you start learning that as you get closer to level 20, you guys start turning into almost demigods in terms <laughs> of things you can do.
2: I can't um, wait.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. Any, anything's always possible. You could find a body of some person in a graveyard. And if you have, I think, and I think you got this spell or, or something, or you were looking at it. Where as long as they're not dead for a century, you could, you know, bring them back to life. Um, so, you know, that's where that stands. That that's for anybody you've met and killed, um, you know, including enemies and stuff like that. Um, just in the world, just in the framework of the world. Um, and there's also spells that could bring them back as different people and think, you know. Um, you know, reincarnation instead of resurrection, you know. So it's just interesting, um, you know, what can happen in it. Um, it would always it's one of those things where it's it's gotta be right for the story if we do if if we do a switch like that. Like the switch with Bort, you know, was right for the story. You know, because you know, the way O'Craig left and everything that happened to him, you know, felt like okay. You know, let's let's do this you know now Mm -hmm. and then i sort of just you know sprung did the death thing on dan as i did with the hand axes you know with him having limited knowledge of it um then you know that death scene right so yeah yeah i I, it's probably a longer explanation than you were expecting but
5: yeah i'm i'm happy i'll take it (laughs) i was expecting you to say sorry i can't tell you so (laughs) that works for me
0: mark spilling the beans (laughs) No yeah,
5: beans no. have been spilled. No. Yeah, it, it's, I it's,
0: I agree. I think it needs to if we want to do that, it has to be right for the yeah, story for sure. Yeah.
3: And I was also giving you a hint that if you do find his body and you have that yeah. like, spell, you can do
1: it.
5: Yeah, except um, now it's gonna be in like seven pieces.
1: <laughs> it's gonna be like horcruxes. Um could come back as a, an undead instead. Yeah. <laughs> I think so, <laughs> spellcaster he would probably be a lich and yeah. that would
2: the lich king Ooh. or he could be uh, a green lantern
0: how do we bring <laughs> how do we bring back we need to do this now yeah i knew it there it's going to be a lich king <laughs> <laughs> i was trying to the lich king the
1: oh, man,
3: time. i like it I, i'm um, just imagining O'Craig's personality being a lich king
0: oh my
3: god uh, yeah but
0: uh, uh, overwhelming. <laughs>
3: So, yeah, so, um, yeah, so I'll, I'll leave it here. Um, I think mostly, um, you know, does, does anybody want to talk about any theories they have moving forward as you guys are now on the fifth level of hell, you know, getting ready for probably one of the best set pieces I've had fun trying to figure out how to make interesting, um, you know, the upcoming wedding. Um, but uh, do you guys uh, have any theories or anything? Or if you guys have a question, I don't want to end that segment, but. I'd like to hear what you guys are thinking about the story going forward.
1: I, I guess this is less of a question and more of a statement, but I'm pretty sure that Fred is going to want to um, recruit Asmodeus to help us by the uh, mm. type.
0: Nice. Of- I never thought of that. That's awesome. Yeah, I could, I could dig that. And I'm, I uh,
1: Expect him to have an eye patch.
3: <laughs> no you know it yeah.
0: i'm not I'm not really sure where this is going I, I know uh, we'll we'll deal with the wedding with the same amount of grace and tact that we usually deal with these sort of things
5: yeah I can't for sure. his wedding yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be lit you guys
0: oh yeah <laughs> literally it's in hell oh uh yeah I'm actually I'm just looking forward to seeing how pizza tacos and Tetuvius's plans work out because I know you can't trust the devil so we'll see where Tetuvius wants to take it mm-hmm. and I know Anthony's a scheming bastard in real life <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure there's some ideas going on there
5: that's, that's a good point I'm excited to see how that all plays out too just because there's so many levels I mean when we were first dealing with the Mirror Man back when we found his contract with Annie he was like screwing her over, but then there was a contract, then she was screwing the contract over. So there could be so many levels in Mark's head to right. where he's going to have the mirror man take it too. So it'll definitely be, you know, not as simple as like we go to point A, then we go to point B and then we end. Like obviously that's yeah. never happened before. So it's not going to happen now.
0: No honor amongst thieves.
5: Nope. Yep. Are we,
0: are we ever going to see uh, Tiresias' evil twin?
5: <laughs> I hope not. <laughs>
0: No, I think... Probably at the th- wedding. Yeah. That would be great.
5: He's because the officiant. We need...
0: I think <laughs> Tiresi- Tiresias needs closure there.
5: Yeah.
0: I mean, I... Didn't I... Who killed him? I didn't kill him, right? <laughs> I don't remember.
5: I don't remember either.
0: Well, someone killed him. Yeah. It was either me, you...
5: It was <laughs> one of us. Aunt I think I Tom. think I
0: decided that
2: if I killed him, something might happen, so I, I didn't kill him. I
0: thought you chopped like? his head off. Isn't that yeah, the old special? Chopping heads no. off?
2: No, that was Annie. I cut uh, Annie's head off. Okay. Yeah, maybe it was O'Craig
0: then. I, really, I don't believe so. I feel like I would remember <laughs> that.
4: Uh, I don't think it was Pizza Tago's.
0: Tacos. Is he not was dead?
5: It, was it Blight? Did, did he die from Blight? I
0: can't recall.
5: Dang. Maybe it was John. John, did you call I kill? don't think
0: he was with us at that point. Yeah, he was. Yes, he was. Oh, yeah. you were?
5: Maybe it was John then.
1: Oh, then there you I, go. I remember who did the last blow.
5: We all we all yeah. hit him for something. That counts.
0: We yeah. all killed him. Yeah,
5: we all killed him together as best friends. Sure. <laughs> the best friends.
0: Yeah, the, yeah.
3: The, the, the important point is that he is dead. Um, at least on the material, material plane.
0: Sure. Yeah. yeah, I would think that it would be important to Tiresias to get rid of that. Mm. So that would be... A, uh, you know, not top of the list, but probably one A. <laughs> you
5: know, he's he's probably running around the material plane now, posing as Tiresias and just ruining his reputation <laughs> right. while we're in hell.
0: God, <laughs> I hope not. Don't give him any ideas. St- buying a mortgage in his name. <laughs> Is there credit? Is there credit
2: in this uh,
3: world?
0: Yeah, I'm yeah. oh, sure
3: doing, is. doing the most heinous crime of all identity theft. Yeah, identity yeah.
5: and then he's taking <laughs> that girl out to brunch. Oh,
3: no.
4: Oh, <laughs> I, I have a question. How much money are we supposed to have? Did we ever get our $500,000 uh, deposit? It <laughs> didn't hit yet. <laughs> <laughs> it, it takes
3: Franklin three
2: Astro. business days. Direct no, deposit. Um,
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming you guys have that, but you. You were in the hells, which only deal in souls, so. But, like,
4: when we get back, we basically have unlimited yeah, (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, if
3: you guys make it back, just assume, except for the most ultra-rare items, you could probably buy pretty much what you want.
4: Cool.
3: Because you guys would have theoretically stopped Satan from raising, so. I lost track a long time ago. Yeah. Um, You know, that's the good thing, that. Yeah, next next campaign we'll be a little more strict about that. But you guys haven't had the need to buy anything.
0: I think board only has like ten dollars. Yeah, <laughs> like board's broke. Yeah,
2: everybody, everybody okay, else yeah. is rich, but board's broke.
0: Yep, like well, because money is not a, like a concept to him. You know, it's more like you you trade for goods and services. Really, just like oh, I'll plow that field if you you know <laughs> you pay me and like. Food. Vegetables. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, him
5: and his vegetables. Exactly. <laughs> so uh
3: any final thoughts from anybody before we close this out?
0: Not
4: really. I'm I'm excited where where this is gonna go in the next few sessions. I wish I wish the next session was seven hours long.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm excited too. Yeah. So
3: um Yeah, so I I will admit that the, uh, you know, I have been struggling, uh, for the big theater piece to have, um, coming up, and I'm glad that for the first time, um, doing that, felt this, you know, telling the story with you guys is that you guys basically walked me into what has turned out to be a great idea that I've been having fun with, is these idiots crashing a wedding in the, you know, seventh circle of hell, um... You know, just the combination of that has given me a bunch of ideas and a bunch of other things that you put into motion that, um, and people you've met that you've probably forgotten about and, you know, um, combos and stuff like that. It'll be one of those, um, I don't know if it's, I might be getting the wrong director, but um, it, it feels like one of those, like, uh, to me, like there's one of those Tarantino moments where a lot of the characters and all end up in the same room together. For something, Um, yeah, like I said, maybe I'm thinking of another director, but sort of one of those things where, you know, everybody's sort of around and and crazy shit could go off. Um, uh, And and I'm also excited about, um, as I think I said to you guys off-screen, the circles of hell outside of the main ones, meaning, you know, this uh, and you know the bottom two. Um, there's maybe a paragraph in in, in any D&D manual um, about them. Um, so it's using internet resources to get little bits and pieces, but, you know, sort of having a little fun with it. So um, I, I'm excited about crafting my own fifth circle of hell um, and what it means to have a, a devil that's entrapped in ice actually running a circle. Um,
1: Is it? Is it gonna be a five guys run by some guy locked in the meat locker?
3: <laughs> I have essentially a good idea for it, um, and, and it's not too far off from that. Um, but uh, an Arby's, it, it, you know, in the fact, you know, in the, it's an Arby's. Damn it, no. Aunt, you do it all the time. Eh. Um, but yeah, and uh, I'm, you know, just glad that uh, you know. I, I, and just for the audience, and this would be the final thought on it. Um, uh, the, the campaign is split into, um, arcs in the sense that it's certain levels. Um, so, um, if you, if everything goes well, um, you should get to the main climax of this arc when you're level 15. Um, uh, that just depends if no one dies or if you, you know, uh, don't do anything spectacular, You know, because I do a milestone system in terms of, um, you know, leveling up. And that just means you guys actually doing activities and not just going, oh, we're just going to go point A to point B, then go to point C and not do anything. Um, So, uh, and then the what's called the epic campaign, which is very rare to campaigns make it. there 15 to 20, you know, is coming up um, because most of the time people die before they get to those levels. Mm-hmm. um so i am looking forward to spoilers
2: yeah yeah
3: yeah if you ask anybody that's played dnd a long time you know getting to level 15 through 20 you know is is kind of difficult um uh but yeah it's it's it'll be interesting and I'm, I'm glad you guys um are still on board and i'm uh looking forward to um you know what shenanigans will happen in the wedding coming up so um thank you guys for joining me um i felt that we needed to do this um you know since you know a lot of shit has gone down in the world since you know the last time we recorded one of these so it's a good check-in and uh you know just see where we're at uh with all this um and i hope you guys enjoyed it out there um a little bit behind the scenes um what's going on as as we always say if you have any questions feel free uh, to go to the Stranger Damies' Twitter account, that's at Stranger Damies. Um, if you have any direct um, DM questions for me, um, feel free to go to my uh, personal uh, Twitter account, which um, I don't normally mention on these podcasts, but for this situation through talking to strangers, um, you know, it's at off the Mark tweet. Um, I'll, I'll answer any questions you have there. Um, you know, this podcast runs every Wednesday. Um and then be sure to check out our other podcast. Um, they call this movie, which runs every Thursday. Um, they call this movie.podbean.com. Um, and that's the main Damies Twitter account, um, and Instagram account to follow for that. And then, um, game ball podcast, which airs every other Monday. Um, so we'll have a, um, I would need to do the math here, but we may or may not have an episode before this airs. Um, they're just, uh, Check it out, Game, the Game Vault Podcast on all your podcast services. And um, and then also go to twitch.tv slash gamevaultpod. Um, we'll be streaming uh, games most nights of the week. Um, and then if everything goes well, um, by the time you're hearing this, we're probably one or two um, Twitch watch parties deep um, in terms of of that. So um, that will all be on twitch.tv slash um, or you can just go to the Game Vault pods because we'll be hosting it there. Um, so once again, I'd like to thank my players. Uh, Tyrese is played by Tom. Uh, Pizza Tacos uh, played by Anthony. Zakara played by Jenny. Uh, Bort played by Dan. And Fred played by Jonathan. And um, uh, I hope you guys have enjoyed this. And is it Wednesday yet?
4: Hey, everybody. My name's David. I'm the DM for From Afar Podcast. A From Afar Podcast is all about four friends separated by distance, but brought together by adventure. Hope you all stop by and give us a listen. Thanks.